welcome in to another round of The Hop, the craft beer podcast with Gabe and Steven. I am Steven. That is Gabe. Hello. How are we all doing today? Are we all ready? This is going to be a crazy episode. This is going to be a scary episode. Uh, we are. It's round 133, and we are back. For, if you're new, uh, thank you for joining us. We drink beer. We have fun. That's what we do here. Um, we try to make craft beer fun, inclusive, and entertaining each and every week. This week, we have a big episode for you because we are yes, returning we to the great state of California. We are returning to a brewery that's been on our show before. Yes. It is called The Brewery. And for the first time ever in hop history, we're doing an interview. We have uh, the CEO of The Brewery. He's also the CEO of Offshoot Brewing. And we have the president of Reserve Bar and a new website that they're launching. So we're doing all of that today. It's very exciting. There's a lot going on. Yes, jam-packed episode, uh, interviewing with some great people who we've had the pleasure of getting to know. Uh, the beer we are drinking, the brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y, sent us. Uh, they have uh, this big uh, membership program, so we got a box of brews, and this one was one that we loved. I will let you guys know, we're scared. Yeah, we're we're yeah. very terrified. It is the strongest beer we have ever had on this show. It, it is a behemoth. We're very excited. Uh, so again, shout out to the brewery. Thank you guys so much. Uh, shout out to Derek uh, for showing up and talking uh, Reserve Bar and the new website. We are very, very excited. Yes! Yeah, we've talked about this before. The brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y, uh, they have what they call their Reserve Society Box. And it's come up in our news several years in a row because every time we look at it and we're like drooling at the mouth, we're like, oh my God, what if we could have those beers? Well, now we have them. And Dave and I tried all of them. We picked our favy, and that is going to be featured on today's show. So we have a lot to do. Yes. If you are new here, thank you for joining us and finding us. Welcome, and please follow The Hop on social media if you're not doing so already. We are at The HO Podcast. That's where you can see uh, all of our beer-related content on Instagram and The Twit. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. We are a video podcast. We're beautiful people, really fun to look at. So uh, just search for The Hop of Craft Beer Podcast. Once you've found us, subscribe, click the bell, all that good stuff. If you have suggestions or requests or uh, feedback or anything of that nature, you can email the hop, dhopod at gmail.com. And as always, hey, are you somebody who, say, listens every week and you just find yourself or watches every week, but you haven't made a review yet? That's um, that's a flaw in your character, and you should fix that now by going over to Apple Podcasts and uh, giving us a rate and review. It's really the best way to provide feedback on the show, help us make the show better for you, which is what we're trying to do each and every week. So please do that. Thank you so much. Let us know what breweries to hit up next. Let us know what breweries to repeat. Let us know the strongest beer you have ever had. I can almost guarantee it ain't coming close to this. Well, it might be close to this one, but it ain't this one. Uh, but as always, let us know your thoughts, feelings, concerns, quirks. We are here for you guys. All right, let's dive into the news. Beer news. 
uh, in the world of highlights, uh, the Brewers Association is increase- increasing their membership costs for the first time in almost 20 years. Uh, dues are tier-based. So what that means is if you are a larger brewery, obviously you pay more dues. If you're a smaller brewery, you pay less dues, which helps everybody stay involved. But uh, they're taking effect on February 1st. And like I said, it's the first time in 20 years the the dues have increased. So um, that's... You know, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no fun, but hey, you know, it's part of the job. Sign of the times, I guess. Yeah. Our first, I guess, should I play the music? Is this is this worth the music? No, he's not. He's not dead. That's for funerals. No, but don't, play the, <laughs> don't, don't play that depressing music. We don't need we, that. We this are, is a happy um, story. <laughs> it's a celebration. It's a celebration of a career... Yes. Coming to uh, a, a, a powerful close. John Mallet is departing Bell's Brewery after 20 plus years. He is there. He's an industry veteran. He was the uh, the VP of Brewing and Quality for Bell's and New Belgium. He oversaw that merger, all that kind of stuff. He's been with the company, like I said, for a very long time, 20 years, and now he is moving into retirement. So, not huge news for our sake but we just wanted to give the man his due uh we love when uh industry veterans you know get to to celebrate a a life well beard and so he's hanging up the beer mugs as we say john congrats thank you for your service to the beer world and uh have fun on the slopes apparently he's big into skiing so uh, he's he's gonna go skiing is hard I think skiing <laughs> might be harder than brewing beer. But uh, but yeah, John, thank you very much. Uh, Bell's Dope Brewery. Uh, as you guys know, the Two-Hearted Ale has been voted the best beer in America 18,000 times, I want to say. Times, A lot. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. So thank you, John. Moving right along in the news and notes, we've got a new recipe, Fat Tire. The recipe for the lovable uh, Amber Ale from good old New Belgium uh, is changing their recipe for the first time in 32 years. Along with the recipe, they're also getting a new branding logo. Uh, It's completely, well, it's not completely changing, but it is uh, getting a little spruced up. And uh, if you're in the sports world... Think of it as the alternate jersey, if you will, for your favorite sports teams. It sends the message, but it's got a little twist on it. Um, they are trying something new. The brewery describes the reimagined brew as, quote, an easy drinking with a medium body, crisp finish, and deep gold color, a flavor profile of subtle caramel and floral aromas and light bitterness. Uh, apparently, there was a little bit of concern for all the longtime Big fans, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, they said, screw it. We're going to do it anyway. And uh, if you like our brewery, you'll follow along. We have another quote by a big, heavy beer drinker that says, I don't hate it. It's kind of a combo between a blonde ale and a lager that hits pretty crisp and has way more of a hop profile than the original fat tire. We're very excited to try it. I'm Fairly confident you and I can get this beer anywhere. I know I can. Yeah, I can get it for sure. And it would yeah, be interesting. So. We've had Fat Tire on the show. It would we be sure interesting have. to do a, a comparison between the two styles. Which, Oh, where are they now, if you will? <laughs> if you want to do that, now's the time, because I'm sure you can still find uh, packages of old Fat Tire as, you know, 
beer stores filter out into the new fat tire. So go grab it if yeah. you like it, and maybe you could do a little compare and contrast, a little uh, Venn diagram, if you will, of the two. Please do. We would love that. Let us know uh, if it's better, if it's worse, if it's in between, if it's a completely different beer. We would love to hear that um, until we get our hands on it. And finally, for the news, Sazerac is being sued. And the only reason this is news to us, you know, we're we're a beer show. We don't really focus on liquor companies as much. But I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's kind of funny because basically yeah. they're being sued. There's a class action lawsuit against them over this malt-based fireball thing that they made Uh-oh. it's like a drink it's not fireball whiskey but the they made like a um a malt like a rtd i think it is or that kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's like a malt fireball malt drink and basically they're being sued because um consumers are claiming that the company has misled them because it lacks the whiskey base of fireball cinnamon whiskey uh the quote direct quote I just- from The direct quote from the lawyer is, when viewed together with the Fireball Distilled Spirit brand name, the label misleads consumers into believing it is or contains distilled spirits. Woof. Thoughts? I I, I just, (laughs) I associate the original Fireball with just like the college man's drink. I don't know why I just go to college like... Later in my life, I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to drink Fireball. Well, sure. I mean, Fireball... Woof. Hashtag woof. But if you're going to drink it, like it is, it's funny because the labels look exactly the same, but like the the label on the whiskey says cinnamon whiskey and the label on the malt beverage says fireball cinnamon, but it doesn't say whiskey. So mm. I think people need to read their labels a little better. That's what I think. Read your labels. Yeah. I mean, hey, Sazerac, fix it, you know? Change the name. Change, you don't have to change the ingredients, right? That's basically what it's all about. I feel or, like a slight people, change. Will... Or people read. I mean, you can't. Yeah, or that. Like, I, we've talked about on the show before how in uh, dry states, specifically Utah, uh, they have beer that looks exactly like the beer you and I drink everywhere else in the country, but it has a different ABV. Can I sue over that? No. I have to read the label to find out that it's not the normal beer. I don't so, know why you would want to. <laughs> to make some money. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hey, Utah can afford it. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's fun. That's, that's good. Fun. Good for they good also, for Sazerac. You know, in, in terms of balancing power, Sazerac is also suing somebody else. There's a whole thing over their distributor and it's stuff we don't really get into, but they are being sued. They're suing lots of activity for the lawyers over there at the Sazerac Company. Where's Judge Judy when we need her? Because I, I would love to get a beer with her over all this and get her opinion. <laughs> She's but. got a new show. It's, uh, uh, okay, we don't Ooh. have time for that. Uh, one last thing to do before we get into the interview. Yes. This Week in Gross. <clears throat> all right. This one, I got to be honest... I think I'm mad about this because it's just stupid. Have you ever had a seltzer and thought everything, a hard seltzer and thought everything about this is exactly what I want. I just wish it had no texture. Well, guess what? Now you can have alcoholic water. No bubbles, not sparkling, just water. 
It's why it's a, a brand called Bluebird Hardwater, and it launched last week. It's quote unquote a canned cocktail, but basically it's there's a vodka version, a tequila version, a whiskey version. It's around four percent ABV, and it that's basically all it is. It's 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 alcoholic water. They say uh, they're trying to ditch the sugar additives and bubbles, and I, I got to be honest, this just feels it feels lazy to me. There's no, there's <laughs> nothing like what 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 is the point? We need water. Can you imagine? You're at this establishment. You're getting hammered. You need a water to like cool off, calm down, get your head right, and you accidentally grab one of these, and you're just adding <laughs> fuel to the fire. Like that's mm, uh oh. I just can't imagine, like, what, I I don't know what people are going for at that point, because seltzer, I can, I can understand wanting a lower calorie way to get your buzz on, but I, but seltzer, like, is as low, as lean as I would ever want to drink to be. I just, it's so weird to right. me, because you drink it, and you're just going to get the feeling of water, with maybe a little bit of alcoholic flavor and then you're going to get drunk. I don't know. It just seems, where's the line? You know, that's my question. What sporting event would you drink this at? What what would be served at would serve this golf? (laughs) I was going to say maybe tennis, but golf is, I think a better answer. Same vein, you know, just really similar. uh, Yeah. environments um crew you know watching a bunch of guys row crew maybe i'd sip on this uh <laughs> archery go go you're sipping on water how's that water i'm drunk That's... people are gonna think you're like lying they're gonna be like you drinking water like you're not wasted i'm not i'm feeling it any sporting event that you have to dress up to participate in such as golf and or tennis with the little skirts and the the, the collared polos and the that is where this belongs those golf pants though Hot. Fire. Hot. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. Uh, hot. All right. All right. On that note. You want to you wanna raise a glass to this interview we're about to I dive into? would like to raise a glass. I have a fun toast. And so the meaning behind this toast is you have to be strong. Only the strong survive based off of the beer we're going to be sampling later. That's so, a great point. This is Bruce Springsteen's Only the Strong Survive. Oh, talk dirty to me. Go ahead. Oh, now I remember my first love. Of course, the whole thing went wrong. My mama had some great advice, so I thought I'd put it into words of this song, because I can still hear her saying it. She said, boy, oh, I see you sitting there all alone. Yeah, just crying your eyes out into the cold gray dawn. Now, there's going to be, there's going to be whole lot of trouble in your life so listen to me get up off your knees because only the strong survive that's what she said only the strong survive only the strong survive yeah you got to be strong you've got to hold on only the strong survive i feel like i should end this toast with like jeff probst 16 Americans, one survivor, and then the theme song plays. If Thoughts? you had told me you were doing that beforehand, there absolutely would have been some Bruce Springsteen playing underneath 
that toast. Uh, I well, we can only get sued in so many episodes. So <laughs> my roommate I might be. I, I live with a guy who might be the biggest uh, Bruce Springsteen fan on the planet Earth, um, and also it just runs in my blood because I uh, my dad's from New Jersey. So, yes, you know it's just born into me. But my roommate, he lives and dies for Bruce. It's really all he listens to. So, so we'll interview him next week. Next week. Or next episode. He'll get his due. All right. We are calling this segment. Well, we're going to we're gonna go with Taproom Special. It's not really that. But it is a interview with Barry Holmes, the CEO of The Brewery, and Derek Correa of Reserve Bar. We're going to dive into that. And we will see you guys back here on the mics for some drinking. Enjoy. Tap Room Special. All right, and we're here with Barry Holmes and Derek Correa, Barry of the Brewery and Derek of Reserve Bar, and uh, we're here to talk about some some beer and the brewery and all those things. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being here. Thanks, guys. Glad Appreciate to be here. Yeah, we're we're so pumped we were able to do this, get you guys on the show, uh, hear from some brewery veterans, if you will. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's get started. Um, how how we doing? How did you guys get involved in beer? What's what's the background? Uh, Barry, we could start with you. But, uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you kind of do at the brewery, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um Brewery's basically going on its 15th year. We turned 15 in May. So we're kind of in between. We're like an adolescent. You know, we're not quite OG, but we're we're not uh, the new guys on the block anymore. Um, but the brewery really made its name um, by just doing crazy stuff and a lot of it and just experimenting, not just with beer, but, you know, beer as a as a you would imagine a dessert or crossover with spirits and our, all the different barrel aging that we do with um uh those types of beers belgian influences we, we you know we set a lot of rules which are made to be broken and um and that's really what the brewery has been known for in terms of taste you know we we kind of say we don't we 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 brew to taste over style um and then we're also really known for the membership so there's a lot of community that comes together with the brewery um you know we got a lot of dedicated members who give us great feedback uh some of it critical and some of it uh laudatory and so it's uh you know it's a great place to be a lot of interesting uh stuff that we put out there and you know you you talk about the um the things we do with spirit aging and and that that really brought derek and i together and our teams together because you know i'm a big fan of what reserve bar does just bringing those phenomenal spirits right to your doorstep and so uh, when they talked to us about launching Get Stocked, it was, you know, the relationship really built and we realized, you know, there's a place for brewery beers and even coming up with a brewery membership that kind of that fits into Reserve Bar and Get Stocked. So we're, we're we're thrilled with that relationship and it's just another way for us to um, to bring our membership and that taste to to people all over the country. That's great. So you mentioned the reserve, you know, the the membership and the reserve box. I mean, one of the questions we just had to ask is how do you come up with this stuff? I mean, we're looking at, you know, 19% beers, 17.2% beers, but we're looking at, you know, double barrel age, bourbon barrel age, made with this, made with that, made with it. I mean, 
what is the testing process like? How do you come up with the ideas? Do you have a team? Is it like just a few people? Oh my God. Yeah. We've got a, we've got an incredible team and you know, that, that 15 year, um, run that we've had doing so many crazy things. There's a, there's a blueprint for a lot of envelope pushing, but at the same time, we spend a lot of money and time on quality. So we've got Mm -hmm. a lab that's a lot bigger than the size of our brewery would be. And so, you know, knowing that you're using a lot of adjuncts and you're and you are pushing the envelope, you really have to be careful around: is it grounded in the science of beer? Is this going to taste and deliver um, what we want it to? And so, you know, we we just we've got a lot of really clever, creative folks, both on the production side, marketing side, etc., to um, imagine a taste, create that beer, whether it's um, you know mixed with wine or aged in spirit barrels or you know, brought in a bunch of different adjuncts, but at the end of the day, it's really got to last and it's got to deliver. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the approach we take. So in terms of coming up with the ideas, is it, do you kind of go off of like what the public wants? Do you have a favorite beer style that you're like, we got to put this in the box? Um, and just going, getting away from the reserve box itself, just the brewery itself and the beers that are on tap there, do, is there, you know, like this one's my favorite to make sure that's on tap. Can you talk about that a little bit? You know, I think the ideas kind of come from everywhere. I'd say Mm -hmm. everything from, it's usually some form of inspiration. It's usually, you know, it it could be a candy bar or it could be a savory dish at a great restaurant, Um, you know, or, you know, even down one of the best beers we make is just a classic Hellas lager. Um, So, you know, we, we give ourselves the license to get inspired by a, a, a traditional beer or something that you would challenge as being a beer at all. Mm. And then in terms of favorites, it, it, we, you know, it, it shifts all the time because, you know, we're constantly putting out new stuff, trying different things. And, um, you know, I get a, I get a new favorite every month. So, uh, I, I don't have to be, I don't have to be too monogamous with my beers here. <laughs> Uh, Derek, let's loop it you in here uh, because I think our audience will be more familiar with the brewery and less familiar with Reserve Bar off the bat. So can you talk about, uh, first of all, who you are and, and just your background a little bit, but also you know what Reserve Bar is before we even get into Get Stocked, which is the exciting new launch that's coming up? Yeah, sure, Stephen. Thanks. So Reserve Bar, uh, we've been around, I can't wait for our 15th anniversary. We're only at around eight right now. Um, you know, and, and so it's not surprising that a lot of people haven't heard of us yet because eight years is a long time, but it also isn't, you know, we basically, uh, looked at the landscape all those years ago and, and decided the world needs to be able to access, um, BevAlk through e-commerce and why doesn't that exist? And, and the reason it didn't is basically because of the, the Byzantine, you know, three-tier system and all the complexity of, of facilitating that and our founders, we're able to find a way to, to do that. And it, at the end of the day, the way that it works is our technology matches consumers directly with licensed retailers to buy beverage alcohol online. And what Reserve Bar did that was different is, is we built our site with the brands in mind, you know, and, and brands always have been sort of, you know, frustrated by the fact that they do all of this work to make a great product, to put it in a beautiful package, to, to get it out to the people in retail. But they lose control of the brand and what they call the last mile. And a lot of the times, the only thing that you have to communicate with the consumer at shelf is your package. The retail employees don't necessarily really know a lot about your product or 
may even have misinformation. And so Reserve Bar was built to be a content-rich, uh, lean-in, serve the enthusiasts, people who are passionate. And we've been mostly focused on spirits, uh, champagne, and wine. And so we never really had beer on, on Reserve Bar because it wasn't our jam, so to speak. Uh, but for people who are into bourbon and scotch and and tequila and all of these kinds of spirits, just like Barry was talking about, um, you know, there's been a lot of innovation in spirits. There's a lot of new products. There's a lot of experimentation happening. And so we work really hard to go and, and find those products and curate the best of the best for for the people who use our platform so they can be confident whether they're buying for themselves or they want to use it to send somebody a gift. That's great. And uh, for any of our listeners that watch on YouTube, you can see a beautiful display behind Derek of all the nice bottles and rare boxes and things that Reserve Bar is able to <laughs> procure for you, And uh, which is exciting from a beer perspective with, uh, with Get Stock coming. I mean, the idea of being able to get, you know, whatever the beer equivalent of those rare bottles behind you are uh, shipped to me is uh, incredibly exciting. So um, I guess, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what Get Stocked is going to be and what the vision for it is uh, as it's preparing to be launched. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. In fact, today is the day. So uh, it, it happened to be that we scheduled this on the very day of the launch of Get Stocked. And hey. I would, con- I would con- yeah. So, and again, the, the launch is not the end. It's really the beginning. So you're going to see a lot more things if you go to getstock.com and check it out. We basically have done for beer, a craft beer in particular, uh, hard beverages, and especially canned cocktails, which have been seeing explosive growth. We saw the same opportunity, right? These are these are products that that matter. There's a lot of amazing products out there. The consumer is looking to discover new things to have confidence when they buy that the product's going to be great. These products are not inexpensive. You know, this is not Natty Light and you know cheap lager. These are legit products that are cost a lot of money. And a lot of times when you're buying these things, not only is the purchase considered, but the moment they service is important. You know, these, these, especially what we call the can occasion or the cooler occasion, which is, you know, you're going, you're tailgating, you're going to the beach, you're having a party in your backyard, you're having a barbecue, you're having some friends over. Like these are the moments that matter in life. And it used to be a lot easier when I was a young person to yeah, okay, I'll get the beer for the game. And you'd go to the store and you'd, you know, you'd get some lagers and maybe you had a fancy friend and you picked up a six pack of IPAs and that was it. And you showed up at the game and everybody had a good time, but it's more complicated to navigate that landscape now. And when you're trying to make sure that that's a great day, whether it's at, at a football game or it's at the beach, you know, we're here to help. So this site basically is, is helping the consumer to be able to shop and explore and discover, find the things they expect and they need to, because sometimes the cooler needs to be filled, you know, by the, by the core things. You, you got a friend that drinks Coors Light or Bud, you know, what do you, some people do that, not us, right? But some yeah. people do, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, like, and, and, but if you want to have an interesting day and you got a bunch of different people and you want to make sure that they, everything, Every time somebody reaches their hand in that cooler, there's something there for them to love. Or maybe you can help them discover something new that you're a fan of. That's a whole part of the experience with with craft beer and now also with canned cocktails. So the site is dedicated to that. Um, and the brewery is a perfect example where 
you know, you might be somebody who's in the know about the brewery and that's amazing thing. And once you are, you want to make sure that you can, you know, get your, expose it to your friends, right? You're that person that says, Hey, you've got to try this stuff. And you, when you have occasions to do that, um, sometimes it might not be easy to find it on that shelf. As, as Barry was saying, they're, they're 15 years in, and this is still not a, a nationally available brand. So we want to help you get it wherever it is available in an hour to two hour delivery. But, you know, sometimes if it's not near you, we're also the platform that can help you, you know, get it shipped to you. It's awesome. It's it, yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, we've we've talked about it and we talked about it on the show, but just, you know, for for Gabe and I being by coastal, the idea of being able to ship beer and stuff like that is really something we have uh we and I think I I speak for a lot of beer drinkers, there's just a desperate need for. So, it's uh it's awesome and uh we're excited to see it. So it, it's it's great. Um, can we talk about this uh, reserve select box? Uh, yes, Derek, please. you were part of the tasting with us, so we got to sit side by side while we went through and just tried some of these. We're calling them behemoths. Uh, I hope that's appropriate <laughs> because they kind of are. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were just so many. Uh, there were twelve selections on this. Uh, we have our little cheat sheets in front of us, but I mean. You know, did, Derek, did you have a favorite from the day of? Uh, d- does anything ring a bell? You know, it's funny. When we first started having the first few and I was like thinking and I'm writing down my notes and I'm scoring them on a traditional like, you know, zero to ten kind of scale. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the first couple were so good and I'm giving them like these high scores. I was like, man, I'm going to really like ten's not enough. But I think I was kind of partial to freckles. If I'm being honest, yeah, yeah, freckles was was a really high rated one for me too because of that. The cayenne pepper is just you know again that's it's one of those things like you were talking about Barry where it's just when it comes to innovation it's just a it's an adjunct you rarely see and it just it's the kind of thing that for us as beer drinkers that drink a lot of this stuff it just makes us go like that's something new and unique but also still drinkable still you know in the world of beer the science of beer as you said. Um, so yeah, that was a yeah, stand up for me it, as well. It probably drives the Germans crazy to think that you got inspired to make a beer from mole. Um, yeah. no, that's, that's what it's those kinds of things that, um, that make this really, really interesting to do. And it's interesting to drink. Uh, that's, I'd say that's probably one of my favorites as well. Beer can play a lot of different roles in different times in our lives. And a lot of times you're sort of drinking beer and it's an adjunct to to what you're doing, right? Like the focus isn't actually the beer. The focus is you're watching a game or or you're hanging out with some friends or you're at a party, right? And and you you always want to be drinking good beer even when it's not the focus per se. But the thing about these brewery beers is they are like, you you have to be mindful when you're drinking them. Like the beer is the thing, right? It's like, you, you, you're drinking these beers and it wouldn't matter if nothing else is happening. What's happening at that moment is you're drinking that beer. And it is such a, you know, and, and if you do drink it that way and, you know, and not everybody does, right. People will take even fantastic beers, like the beers that the brewery making and they're, and they're not drinking them mindfully. They're enjoying them, you know, and that's fine. But when you do what we were doing, which is, you know, really sipping these things and letting it, evolve over your palate and trying to deconstruct what is what is happening and you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and being in that moment of of enjoying those beers and you can't do that with you know that like that that endeavor unfolds in about three seconds with 
the lion's share of the beers out in the world. And then it's like, oh, okay, that was that was good. Um, but but these beers are like one sip after the next. It's like a whole, you know, it, they really are astounding. And when you do that whole box like that, and then you're drinking them and comparing them and contrasting them and finding the wait, that was kind of like this other one, but there's this other thing going on. It's uh, it's really a tribute to to what Barry and that team over there has done. It's it's tremendous stuff. Yeah, they're, I, they're... I, I oh sorry, I was just going to say that that just it's such a great um, segue in that you know it, we put there's so much nuance to these beers that you would typically find in a wine or a bourbon or a whiskey, but what we end up what ends up coming out of it is um, we do so many. Uh, touch points with our members that they really enjoy. And so the the discussion of the beers ends up being a community builder. It ends up being, you know, how they relate to someone and conversations end up going in uh, entirely different direction. But what they end up telling us is we want more of those events. We want that supper club that you're doing at the restaurant in LA or DC because yeah, it's the nuance of the beers that are really interesting, but it's just a facilitator for all the rest of life. So I think your your analogy of the adjuncts being an adjunct to other things you have going on is perfect. They're what we refer to on the show as event beers. We call yeah. them that because it's just like, you know, I say all the time, like I have I have tons of beers in my fridge right now that I just will not drink because there's just there there's a time and a place. And then I, you know, I stock it with some IPA or whatever that, like you said, I can watch TV or just but beers like this are uh, events. And so, and, and also with beers, this complex, the other thing we love is we talk about like the evolution of the drink, right? You pour it in the glass, you take your first sip, it's cold. And and then over time, it's going to, you're going to get different notes as you continue to sip on it for, you know, in the case of this 19.6, yeah. yeah. uh, you know, you're sipping on it for a couple hours. It's just going to, the notes are going to change and they're just going to keep evolving and spiraling into different things. And it's just a, a completely unique drinking experience. Um, so it's it's amazing. Really. It's the attention you have to give the attention yeah. of just like, you know, you can be talking with someone. But, you know, if you've got the game on, it, it's the beer's going to go away. Yeah. And the other thing is like what will happen with beers of, of this nature, at least in my life, is that they're really they're they're shareable, too. So, like, you would never really think about sharing most 12 or 16 ounce beers. Right. But you can go and. You know, and if you've got some friends and, and you're going to get into it, you can buy a whole bunch of these different ones and, you know, and pour yourself three or four ounces and, and share a bottle with a, a bunch of different people and work your way through uh, through them all. It, it really is not only is it a, an event or an experience for you alone, but it's also it is a communal kind of thing when you got some friends that appreciate really, you know, greatness and beer. Um, you want to share that with them and you want to share that experience. And to Barry's point, the conversation is about the beer and it's part of the, the whole experience. Derek, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you're not only the president of Reserve Bar and, and get stocked now, but you're also a shareholder of a brewery yourself. So do you want to tell us a, a little bit about the brewery you're involved in? Yeah, sure. So that's called Ship Bottom. A brewery and it's in um uh, ironically it's not in ship bottom it's on it's on long beach island and it's actually in beach haven which is another town down there but the founder originally started making beer in ship bottom hence the name and uh you know the the whole strategy and the whole positioning for that beer is you know it's actually almost the opposite of what we were just talking about it's 
when you go to the beach and a lot of people, when they go to the shore on the weekends and in the summer, take a vacation there, you go over this causeway from the mainland. And there's just something about the causeway and your windows down and the salt air coming into your car. And you know that when you get on the other side of the causeway, it's the beach and the ocean and and swimming and surfing and fishing and friends and live music and everything that's sort of the the whole uh, gestalt, if you will, of, of the beach lifestyle is uh, is incredibly important to people. It's a way to escape and leave, you know, the stresses of the world behind. And we wanted to to create a beer brand that you know that really connected with that and had all of the the style variations, the packaging, and the look and feel of the brand is very much about. Um, enjoying the beach and all the myriad ways that people enjoy the beach and the ocean, whether it's just chilling or or fishing or or surfing or boogie boarding or whatever the case may be. So we're making um, what I would say everything from, you know, sessionable beers, which is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum of a lot of the brewery ones we were just talking about to, um, you know, all of the styles in between, a lot of, of more refreshing styles of beers, you know, saisons and lagers and these kinds of things that are are good for the summer awesome awesome and uh barry on on your end you guys don't make any of what derek was just talking about so you <laughs> just built a new you just said well we'll start a whole new brewery about that <laughs> right we um you know we um we created a whole nother brand just to have that ability to you know make beers that you can relax with that was that's you know the flagship of the offshoot brand is a um it's a hazy ipa called relax and the other core brands we have uh retreat escape um things like that so what derek was mentioning was you know that's that's an important part of beer too the the beer geek uh, in all of us can can deconstruct that hop um combination or the malt bill but it's really not the purpose of those beers. Those beers are they're perfect beach beers, they're perfect pool beers. Um, you know, if you you want to zone out a little bit, game on. So when you when you so you start offshoot offshoot. Yes. Yeah. So you start offshoot and you know, is it is it brewed in the same building? Is it made in a different way? Is it, do you have to kind of separate it from the brewery in any sort of way? Or is it kind of just like, we're going to slap that logo on that bag of beer and we're going to slap this logo on that side of beer? No, I mean, it's made, it's made in the same facility, but I would say that the inspiration for the offshoot beers is definitely different. Uh, it's different style of beer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's really the only crossover we have is uh, we are going to do a what we're calling a Baja style lager um, called Viaje, so translates oh, wow. to trip or vacation. So we're we're launching that this year. So technically, that's a lager, and Rukeller Hellas is a lager, but they're both they're made very differently. The Rukeller Hellas is krausened and it's in tank for four to five weeks, and mm -hmm. you can really see how crisp and clear it is, and it's got that classic bready um, flavor profile, and great great beer. As is. Um, this Viaje uh, Baja style lager, but they're made differently. So we, we we really look at each type of beer because we make so many different styles of beer, even on the brewery side. The mm -hmm. that that translates to um, to having yet an even you know different more different persona on uh, on the offshoot side and and doing those beers as well. Yeah, because let's be real, as badass as these beers are in the box, I mean there are going to be people out there that are not going to be able to handle it that probably don't like it. 
you know, I, I have friends that they're like, I'm not a stout person. No, I'm going to go to the sessionable stuff. So it's like a perfect like, OK, if you don't like this, we got this. Yeah, it, the, these are I mean, these are beers, even the ones these are even those of us who love them don't want them all the time. And so, you know, we, it, it, I think when the brewery started, this is where we got our name. But then as we as we moved along and started doing other loggers and, and now IPAs and things like that people realize, wow, that's the brewing prowess and the imagination that defines the brand, not just the barrel itself or, you know, this aggressive yeast that we have that provides such a high ABV, et cetera. So uh, before we let you guys go, I do just want to just get a sense of, I guess you touched on it briefly, Barry, but like how you two kind of came together and how uh, this website based in Connecticut and this uh, amazing brewery in California uh, became uh, linked up. So do you want to just, uh, touch on that real quick? Yeah. You know, we, um, we, we met a few people at reserve bar and then at CBC last year, uh, Derek and I got together with the rest of his team and, and we happened to have a, uh, an event one night and we were pouring a bunch of different beers and, um, you know, Derek got to, uh, uh, experience firsthand, uh, some of these beers and how strong they were. I, I think his hangover the next morning probably spoke for itself. But, um, you know, once we once the, once we were uh, understood a little bit more about uh, what get stocked was going to be, and then we even now have the Reserve Society select box on the Reserve Bar site, because we because I think that's where Derek and his team realized this isn't just your typical beer. This is this has got a lot of crossover appeal to people who drink bourbon or other styles of whiskey or um or any type of spirit. And if you notice the, a lot of the beers we have in the box are specific, you know, spirit barrel aged, uh, beers like, you know, we do a gin barrel aged beer and bourbon and rye. And, um, and so there was just a, there was just a lot of natural, um, you know, relation, easy relationship when we met on a host of levels, but, you know, both what get stocked is going to be and how the off, offshoot beer company and, and the brewery can play a role there. Plus we're just, you know, we were just big fans of everyone we met, and then there was uh, it was great talking to them. Yeah, that that is true. You're not wrong about the hangover. I, I will say, you know, there's the old <laughs> saying of being overserved, but I was, I literally was overserved. This restaurant that we were in was, you know, some of these, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty percent type beers should be served in, you know, three and four ounce pours. And uh, I guess they didn't have clarity around what was happening. So they were they were basically coming in, uh, you know, pint glasses or in large snifters with, you know, eight, 10 ounce pours. And being the nice guy that I am and just meeting Barry and his team, I was like, well, I don't want them to think I don't like the beer. So I guess I got to. I should be finishing all of these. <laughs> when, when, when I noticed what a, when I noticed what a giver Derek was, I realized we had we had to just go deeper into business together. <laughs> when you know he can hang with the nineteen percenters, you're like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna see what goes from here. That's awesome. Well, I, well, I hung for a little while until I had an Irish goodbye. The whole thing um, is is very true. Yeah. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. We get it. We completely understand. We we had some of these with you, and we were like. You know, I think after the third three ounce pour, Stephen and I just kind of looked at each other. We like, looked at each other like, oh, oh boy, okay. oh boy, we're all right. Let's pace ourselves. Yeah. Get some water, you know. So, <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, uh, Derek Correa of ReserveBar.com, GetStock.com, check it out. Uh, Barry Holmes is the CEO of The Brewery, old hop favorite, as well as Offshoot Beer Company. So, guys, thank you again so much for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, this this was awesome. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. Cheers, guys. Yeah, really I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys. Extraordinary, extraordinary people. I um, we should have just called it drinking with friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we aren't really an interview show normally, but uh that opportunity presented itself and basically we you know, wanted to get they they offered and we said, "Yeah, let's let's get this perspective on here um yeah. just, you know, two two industry veterans in their own you know, right as we talked about, Derek is not only the the president of Reserve Bar, but he also is a brewery uh, shareholder in his own right. So, you know, industry veterans, guys, um, really doing the work so that we can sit here and be idiots on clown a around, if you will, drinking beer. So, thank you again, yeah. to Derek and Barry, for joining us. We've been awesome. trying to get more, you know, industry vets on the show, and you know. Everyone's busy. We have, um, yeah, but- and it's you know <laughs> we we were also a little bit nervous in terms of crossing that bridge. You know what would it what would it look like? And and now we know. So now yeah. the floodgates are open. Come be on the hop if you own a brewery. Uh, and also, if you send us a reserve society box for free, you jump to the front of the line. <laughs> front of the line, you get the flash pass that they give at Disney World. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Holy shenanigans. Here we go. So in the box, there are 12 bottles. We sampled the 12 bottles at the Reserve Bar headquarters. Had some fun. Had a blast. Thank you for everyone there. I think that we both rated this one as the best, right? I think that's why we're doing this one. We did indeed. Uh, yeah. Both this. We had was... our we had our rankings. Uh, we decided to give this one the top of the list. And so now we're doing it. Um, oh boy, here we go. It's called the NWTM or the No Work Till Monday. It is a double barrel aged imperial stout with toasted coconut, macadamia nuts, and pineapple. It has an ABV of 19.6, as Gabe said, that is the highest in hop history. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My my headphones, my headphones. What's the ABV, Stephen? It is nineteen point six. Uh, Joe, anything? touchdown! Yes, unbelievable! It's unbelievable is friggin' right. Are you kidding me? She's I have spicy. never in all my years, in all my time, had a beer like this. I'm very excited, very nervous. Uh, you know, when we tasted it, we had like you know, yay. We didn't have a lot. That you know, I'm working off. I, I broke out the fancy glassware for this episode. I got this like little stem sort of chalice, if you will. Yep. And uh, I'm going to start with this. We're going to see where it goes. But uh, yeah, we're we're ready to get into it. We're very excited. 19.6%. Oh, my God. Uh, it has no ratings on Beer Advocate yet. Untapped has it at 4.37. The SRM, it's Jet Black. It's a 40. Now, I would like to address the elephant in the room for me real quick, which is that there are macadamia nuts in this. And Gabe and I have already been through it. 
where we were looking at this and we were at that tasting at Reserve Bar and I was looking at it and I was going, it's got something I may be allergic to in it, but I want to drink it. So now what? And then Steven turned toward me and said that. And I said, well, you have your EpiPen, right? And he said, come on, Gabe, you know me. I never have it. <laughs> and then... So we just decided to roll the dice pretty much. And here we are. He's still alive. I said there's uh, probably one in the car. And also, if you have, if there were peanuts or something, I wouldn't have done that. So I don't want to make light of allergies, but as, but, but we are. And uh, (laughs) the point that I'm making here is I now know it's safe to drink. But at the time, it was a thrilling experience because you were like taking it in. You were like, what could this be? What's in here? So macadamia nuts, Steven, uh, we good. We're about to find out. Apparently. He starts sipping. I was like, ah, but no, oh, we're here. We're good. It's all, it's all good. Uh, it is made with real pineapple juice. The brewery was very specific about that. Doing our research about this beer learning all about it. Uh, we should probably read the description. Call it a long weekend. Put on your sunglasses and take a sip. We took our bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout Aloha Friday Double Barrel aged it for added complexity and richness and added even more tropical flavor with fresh pineapple as well as perfectly toasted coconut and macadamia nuts. Full-bodied and warm, this island paradise in a bottle is smooth, nutty, and just the right amount of sweet. After all, it's Aloha Friday. There's no work till Monday. Que aloha. Yeah, it's, it's, this is, let's just dive into it on the note. I I can tell you right now, it's jet black in the glass. Like I said, it's a 40. It pours like, you know, a lot of these, these really reserve beers, these barrel age beers and these large 750 mil bottles like this, they pour more like wine. And so honestly, it did pour with a little bit of, of head, but not much. And it doesn't have much retention either kind of faded away. And it just looks like a rich, deep, wine almost in the glass there's no head there's no lacing it's just still in a way um it's very still if you look closely you can see some bubbles coming to the top uh but it is what it is you know as steven said on the nose it just smells like a whole lot of booze a whole lot of chocolate it smells like it's gonna punch you in the mouth but also kiss your forehead at the same time yeah the nose is ridiculously tropical ridiculously i mean what it smells like if i'm being honest is if you took a bottle of malibu coconut rum and put your nose in that that's what it smells like it's coconut it's pineapple it's boozy 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 it's delightful once you get past that i think there's some you know roasted notes some chocolate maybe a little bit but it's very loud with the booziness up front in a in a delightful way, but also, I can't say this enough, a scary way. Scary way. It's terrifying. It's like a horror film in glass. <laughs> I'm getting the toffee notes. I'm getting the caramel. I'm getting the, you know, there's a little bit of dolce de leche smell off of this. You yes. know, it's, it's it, but it is very tropical. Coconut, pineapple, you know, uh, maybe a little vanilla. Uh, yeah, there's a it, sweetness it, it's there. Just, it's just so complex and just so crazy. I mean, who thinks of this? The brewery does. That's who. And they, you know, Barry talked about it a little bit, but that's what their 
they've been about kind of from the beginning and they are to this yeah. day. And then, you know, we're lucky enough to have this box, which is really intended to be the stuff that they just can't mass produce on a giant level. So it's really um, special. So if you hear anything you like and you want your hands on this bottle, uh, you can't just go to the brewery and buy it. You're going to have to become a member. We will talk about that a little bit later. Well, don't or, you worry. Or you can go to GetStock.com, now live in certain states, and you can order it to have it shipped to your house. That is your other option. But for now, Gabe and I are going to drink this beer. And <sighs> here See we, you on the other side. Here we go. Cheers. Oh, man. The day we tried this at the Reserve Bar office and we had the tasting, you know, we sampled a little tiny pour of many different beers. So, And I would just like to throw out that by the time this one came up, um, we were, well, we were a little lit. I mean, let's just be honest about it. We were a little off the wagon. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the other beers are so strong in their own right, so it was hard not yeah. to. But yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, we didn't, as much as we cleanse the palate, as much as we tried to focus, you know, we are giving this our 100% full attention rather than being like, yeah, it's good and it's my favorite, blah, 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 blah. So right off the bat, you're going to get that strong, boozy character. You're going to get the nice kiss of carbonation. I think it's just like perfectly carbonated you're gonna get that molasses you're gonna get that strong just like weight that that's the only thing i can think of it's just like a weighted beer in the palate you're gonna get the chocolate you're gonna get the toffee on the back end you're gonna get more of that molasses you're gonna get that those tropical notes you're gonna get uh you know i think pineapple more than coconut i think coconut was more on the smell than taste I think pineapple is just like straight through. You're going to get that vanilla. You're going to get just an overall experience. It's going to get a little sticky in the mouth and it's going to just munch a bunch. I don't know. I'm speaking all over the place. It's going to munch a bunch. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know what what else to say about it. It's it's a showstopper. It's uh it's it's a Mike Breen. I mean, it's um, exclamation point. Everything that we love and wish for in beer when we're talking about event beers this uh is. Flavor notes, everything Gabe said. It's sweet. It's pineapple. It's raspberry a little bit. There's some, you know, a lot of fruitiness in the mouth. The first thing to hit you is the booze and it sticks with you. And the more, you know, a beer like this, you do want to hold it in your mouth. You want to kind of switch it around. You want to hit it on the side of your mouth. You want to hit it on the front and back of your palate. But it's tough to do that with this. (laughs) I just did that. Let me tell you something. The booze fights. It's like taking a shot. Yeah. Honestly. It's If you just sip it, you're good. But if you do the wishing around, it's a shot. It's a lot. Um, But there is, behind that, if you can get past it, the... Like Gabe said, the chocolate, the roasted qualities, the richer, you know, um, darker flavors, the dark bread, definitely, you know, bourbon or booze of whatever kind or rum or, or all of the above. Those are the predominant notes, but it's warming. And this is the kind of drink that I say it all the time. I say it in relation to cocktails, too. As you drink it, it's going to evolve. So this is a journey and it's going to be a slow sipper. In the mouth, it is sticky, it is low carbonation, it leaves you kind of thirsty, it leaves you feeling like you just had like some candy or some syrup or something. It's 
It's very sticky. It's yeah. very flavorful. I was just about to say syrupy in a good way. Yeah. Yes, in a good way. For us, I mean, if you are not someone who likes, you know, that level of, of alcohol, you won't like this. But I don't know why you would I don't know why you would uh, go after this beer if you didn't like that. So in terms of delivering on what a beer is, but also what a beer can be, but not and pushing the boundaries, but not going so far that it's difficult to drink. You know, in terms of just right. like something very drinkable and delicious and enjoyable, but also mind-blowing and sort of innovative. This yeah. hits on on every level. I, you know, it's it's whatever the middle of January, and I don't know how this isn't on our top five list at the end of next year. I, it's oh it's, my god, Are it's you kidding a, me. Yeah, it's a showstopper. There's I, I don't know what yeah, else to say. About absolutely. This this beer is very similar. So like a high-end food dish. You've got the elements of, you know, the main ingredient. But then when you cut it with something to give it a little extra flavor, you know, I've been watching a lot of like food competition shows. Uh, shout out to we the, love big, it. The, the Big Brunch, the best brunch. Dan Levy hosts it. It's on HBO. It's amazing. They make brunch. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm so used to hearing them being like, it's so flavorful. And then you cut it with this. The, the pineapple tropical notes really cut into this beer and make it not just like you're chugging a chocolate booze bomb, you know, like it gives it flavor. It gives it appreciation. It gives it something else. And I think I would argue it makes it more drinkable. It makes it so like what you just said, it's not just syrup going down the entire way. It is a beer. It is a drink that is to be consumed. It is a slow sipper. It it will change over time, like Stephen said. You know, it, it's just it's literally like a meal in a glass that needs to be appreciated and that you need to mentally and physically prepare for. Eat dinner before you drink this. Yes, dear God. Yes, and you know, crack. Like I like we said, they come in seven fifty milliliter bottles. These beer is different from a from a glass of wine. You can't open a 750 milliliter bottle of beer and then leave it in your fridge for a week. It, you got to drink it like really yeah. that day. So find your friend who has an appreciation for beer or multiple friends and pour everyone a glass and sit around and look at each other. And then when you take a sip, you get to make those wide eyes at each other like Gabe and I did in the reserve bar offices along with plenty of other people. And it was fun. You know, it was a fun event. So I just I just distinctly remember you and I we took a sip and then we both we both were just like this is slow yeah. turns staring at each other like what did we just do yeah you know one hundred percent if you want more information on the brewery itself round eight is where I would refer you we were as we say we podcasting babies but. We did focus on the brewery a lot. They've had, you know, some of their beers that aren't this have made our top five lists over the years. Horchata. Horchata, I absolutely love. I have one in my fridge right now. And yeah. it's, you know, they ha- they have a great operation as a, as a whole. What's interesting about them is they also, uh, you know, they also have Offshoot Brewing Company, which is an offshoot of their original brewery and that's because they were set up to do you know 
Belgian styles and and mm -hmm. barrel aged stuff and stuff like this. And they weren't really doing IPAs. And people would keep asking, when are you doing an IPA? When are you doing an IPA? And the founder, Patrick Rue, really held to that. And eventually they were just like, we need IPAs. We're not going to do them as the brewery. So we'll do offshoot. And that offshoot brewing is so it's basically the brewery, but it's all IPAs. It's their IPA house. Under Where are the IPAs? Uh, no, they're next door. They're oh, next door. Okay, sorry. That's basically what it is. Yeah. At this point, uh, I was just going to say, at this point, the, the brewery is distributed in 28 states. They are sold online. I would direct you to get stocked, but you can also get it from their website. And uh, they have Brewery Taru, which is where they do, obviously, you know, wild ales and sour ales and stuff like that. That's uh, in Anaheim. Their original location is in Placentia. These are all Southern California places around the Los Angeles area. Steven knows them very well. I do. If you want to order on uh, GetStocked.com, it is very similar to Reserve Bar. For those of you who have ordered with a Reserve Bar before, enter in your address. It connects you to stores in your area. Bada bing, bada boom. You place an order. Depending on what store you order with, they can deliver same day. Sometimes, usually, it's shipping and it takes a business day or two. But uh, we've placed a few orders ourselves. We've never been disappointed. How many times have we said on this show that we run into the issues of getting beer in the Midwest and me getting beer in California, Stephen getting beer in New York? Well, now I can go on Get Stocked. I can go on Reserve Bar and I can order that and I can get the most likely get the California breweries. That way for our next episode, Stephen can go, hey, let's do these guys. And I can go, cool, let me put in my order. And, you know, maybe if you're nice – You'll get a promo code or two. I don't know. We don't have one. But maybe <laughs> if you're nice, you'll get one. Yeah. And and it's worth saying that as beer podcasters and, you know, beer, whatever our role is in the beer space, I have, Gabe and I, as Gabe said, we've had this problem for years. We've had breweries send us beer. We've looked into every method of getting beer across the country and getting beer from weird places as we can. We have traveled for beer. We have done it all. I have been on all the apps and sites that there are that do this kind of thing, and I'm here to tell you, I think of everything I've seen, I truly believe Get Stocked is the best setup to create the kind of thing that we would like to see, which is connect us to breweries that we cannot go to easily. Yes. And there is no company that I think is better positioned to do that. I Will the promise of it come through? To be honest with you, I don't know. I am just a beer podcaster sitting here. So I don't know, I, but I really hope so. And I do believe in them. So we're just beer podcasters with hopes and dreams, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we can be. Uh, let's very quickly talk about what the reserve society box entails. If you like yep. what you're hearing about this behemoth, that is this beer and you want to order it and you want to get involved Join the society. You know, we we see breweries do this all the time. I believe it's Two Roads that does the cellar dweller. Cellar dweller. So, uh, so if you're the brewery, you know, and you can enroll. Obviously, uh, for 2023, the enrollment has closed. But keep checking the website. They will eventually let you know when you can sign up for 2024. Oh, my God. We're already talking about that year. 
Uh, but yeah, it's 12 large format bottles, 750 milliliter, uh, members only beers that these are beers you're not going to see anywhere else. No one else is going to get them. Uh, you get invited to events, special tasting room privileges, so much more. It starts with the beers, but it's, it's a lot more than that. Um, you know, $500 worth of beer for just, you know, any sort of beer you want, your choice of flavor. This is another thing that's really cool, you know, barrel-aged stouts and experimental ales, or, you know, you can kind of look into sours, you can do what you want to do. Merch, so you're going to save 15%. Other people are playing full price. You're going to have access to over 35 society-exclusive beers throughout the year, early access to over 75 beers throughout the year, specialty glassware, things like that. 14 months of complimentary seller storage. Seller storage. You can you don't need to build the seller in your basement, Todd. Someone's doing it for you. I hope there's someone named Todd listening cuz that would make my day. But there's so much more and, you know, it really is a really cool thing if you are in the beer world and you don't have a podcast, you don't have a brewery, but damn it, you're a beer lover through and through and you sound remotely interested hit up thebrewery.com, check this out. They have more details there. Become a member, members only. And if you're looking at it and you're like, mm, that's a little out of my budget, they also have their Preservation Society, which is a quarterly beer club, and that's a little bit more affordable. So if you're somebody who wants it, that's a that's a box with four beers in it, and so it's a little bit more you know scaled down. I believe the way the reserve works, we got 12, but I'm pretty sure the way it works is they send you a beer a month, so that I believe this is so, spread yes. out over the year. You're not just like hit with tons and tons of beer like the we are. The brewery said, surprise. But we I were expecting what? Two beers each? I was expecting little tasters. And I went down to my <laughs> mailroom and they handed me a box that was so heavy that I was like, I might need to get a cart and come back here. This is crazy. Uh, but Oh, yeah. But delightful. In terms of what else is in the box... We should mention that quickly. Oh yes, we um, have we have our nifty little note sheets. We have note we came sheets, prepared. and we have rankings. So, oh yeah, they have obviously the NWTM. They have uh, a similar version of this called the Gray Monday, which is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with hazelnuts. They have a Black Tuesday, which is just a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, no adjuncts. So that's those three are like of a series. They have a gin barrel aged imperial cabinet, which is an American wild ale aged in gin barrels. Interesting gin underutilized, always interesting in beer. They yeah. have a rum rum barrel aged tart of darkness, double barrel aged sour stout aged in bourbon barrels, followed by rum barrels. That one was interesting because sour stouts are very rare. We've had maybe one on the show before. So Think just one, and it was Montclair brewing. So yeah, so to look at a beer that's jet black in color and then drink it and have it be sour is is fascinating. They have yeah. a bourbon barrel aged partridge in a pear tree, which is a bourbon barrel aged Belgian style quad brewed with spices. Ooh. Amen. They have the walnutter rye barrel aged imperial porter with dulce de leche, walnuts, vanilla beans, and salt. Chocolate Rain is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Ervois, bourbon barrel-aged English-style old ale. Interesting. They had Is that how you pronounce that? Ervois. Ervois? It looks French. <laughs> I don't know. Great. Why not? They had the Freckles, which was a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with cacao nibs, cayenne pepper, cinnamon, 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 cinnamon and vanilla. <laughs> 
Gabe hates cayenne pepper. You know this. We know this. From I don't the, hate cayenne pepper. I the just two can't drink liquid fire. The white chocolate strawberry is a bourbon barrel aged wheat wine ale with strawberries, cacao nibs, and vanilla beans. That That's the one we started with. That's when we said, oh, this is the party we've been invited to. Yes. Uh, and then they have the Thomas Rutherford, which is weird. Oof. It was an oak barrel aged imperial stout with Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc grapes. They do a lot of this wine beer blending situation. Yeah. The bottle is literally a wine bottle. It's yeah. crazy. Straight up. But it's the beer. So is that all of them? That's all of them. Oh, my God. Uh, we did rank them. We can say that kind of quickly. Um, yeah. Maybe give our top five. I don't know. Top three. How much time do we have? Sure. I mean, I, I I would say this this one was our top one for both of us. Yep. The NWTM was delicious. I was really leaning into that uh, that bourbon barrel aged stout thing. So I did rank the chocolate rain really high. I ranked the yep. Black Tuesday really high. I also gave some love to the Ivoire and... The freckles, um, because the Irvoire was an English style old ale, but then it was Belgian. You just don't see that a lot. You just don't see yeah. aged versions of that. It was it was so complex that it was like kind of mind blowing. I gave that score a little low. I had an appreciation for it, but the overall flavor and taste didn't completely um Impress me. Freckles, I gave kind of like a medium score. Um, my top five were the NWTM, what we're drinking, Chocolate Rain, Black Tuesday, Gray Monday, and the... Oh, and then Freckles was five for me. Yeah, Freckles was five for me too. And it's interesting, yours are all bourbon barrel-aged imperial stouts. Every single one. <laughs> Oops! Gabe really likes the stout, apparently. I love bourbon. That's, I mean... Look at me. Who doesn't? Um, this box also comes with perks, glasses, all, all kinds of stuff. I can't recommend it enough. So head over to GetStock.com. Check them out. He check out the brewery. Thank you again to Derek and to Barry for uh, for joining us and for making this possible. And here's to all that they can create and all that this can be going forward. We uh, I can't wait to see it. So Yeah, I'm... I'm going to get sentimental real quick, just very quickly. You know, we start, we've said it a million times, but this started as like a fun little, let's make a beer podcast. It'll pass the time. And now we've got brewery professionals just kind of sitting in and shooting the shit with us and talking about their experience and what they've been doing. And so it really is amazing. And we do not take this for granted at all. And, you know, we know it's, at the end of the day, it is kind of just a silly podcast, but at the, at also at the end of the day, it's what we love. It's something we're both passionate about, and it's something that we get to do. We get to drink these beers. We get to tell all of you how crazy this stuff is and how you should run out of your house and go get it and sip on it with friends because if you drink this alone – you'd pass away, but <laughs> it's just like so much fun and we're just so appreciative and cheers to you all. I have nothing to add. Couldn't have said it better myself. I second everything that was just said. Uh, that said, we're running long and we need to get out of here. So we're going to do that uh, right now. Last call. Steven. Yes, Gabe. Do you like fishing? Have you been fishing? Are you a fisherman? Uh, I'm definitely not a fisherman. 
sure, I like fishing. I think the problem with fishing when I was a kid was that nobody told me about drinking. And now I probably would like it a lot more <laughs> oh if, I knew, if I knew I could just sit there with a beer. Sure, I'll what? fish. Can I have a beer? <laughs> You're eight. Shut up. That's all I can picture. Uh, I agree. I agree. Some people find it relaxing. Some people find it boring. I haven't been in quite some time. I I enjoyed it as a kid. You know, I learned. I my brother's a big fisher. He can catch like some big ass fish. Like, he knows what he's well, doing. Well, you got in order to be a good fisher, you fisherman, you have to go out on a boat. You can't fish from like a pier and expect to catch anything of any note. I mean, you're just gonna find weird fish that like hanging out around humans it's weird but if you go on a boat yeah. you can catch some stuff I've, I've you can catch some stuff just like this 12 year old boy did in florida here we this this just this is just insane a 12 year old massachusetts boy on a charter fishing boat in florida reeled in an unexpected catch of the day was it a big fish was it a flounder was it a swordfish no it was a 450 pound great white shark and we're here to talk about it. His name is Campbell Keenan. He was visiting Fort Lauderdale with his family. They thought it'd be a fun old grand time to go fishing. And apparently, he was fishing. He felt the pull. And they said, it, it, we, they, they realized it was a shark when it was 20 feet away. They saw this thing sticking out of the water and they said, Oh boy, we have to save this little boy's life. Rut row. And reel this puppy in. It took them 45 minutes to an hour to catch it. I still don't understand how you get it in the boat. It's 450 pounds. Thoughts? Why would you try to get it in the boat? If I saw that I had hooked a shark, I'd be like, grab the scissors. We're cutting this line <laughs> on with life. No way. Bye. You Is win. That, We're not going to bother you anymore. It's yeah. I, 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 I don't really have thoughts other than that. Like why? I mean, I guess it's good. The captain removed the hook and tagged the shark so it could be tracked by researchers i didn't know that was something you could just do you can just tag people come equipped with tags you can just like hey i tagged this for you um yeah you you basically you had to be like a scientist to do that you go into like this database i think of scientists and you're like hey uh, tag 4957c that's the great white shark we named her tiny and <laughs> You can follow her along, and it's it's what she does. Um, but yeah, apparently this is something that people do all the time. I forget which. I think it's our planet. One of the David Attenborough. Shout out to David Attenborough, the le the, the goat, if you will, the man, the myth, the um, legend. Yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, David Attenborough was shout out uh, to David Attenborough. He's listening. He needed to shout I out. Think, I, I think it's our planet, but basically he talks about how sometimes like for big ass blue whales, you know, boats going by not seeing it like smack right into it. So they're tagging it with this like they like stick this little suction thing on them so they can track it and they can know where the whale is that so they can avoid it. So I can only imagine they they like clipped something onto like the fin or something of the shark. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm very similar to other people where it's like when sitting here talking about a shark, I'm like, yeah, I'm not afraid. Like, yeah, they're huge. Like, whoa. But like when you're out in the water, it's like reality kicks in and you're like, get it away from me. I, yeah, I've seen the perfect storm. John C. Riley lost a limb. I'm not, I don't mess with sharks. 
I don't. He is in that movie, isn't he? He definitely is, and he gets attacked wow. by a shark. And good for him. And I don't really know why, because definitely not the point of that movie. I mean, there's a storm, but for some reason, in the middle of it, it becomes Jaws for like thirty seconds, and then nice. Bill, Billy Fickner has to dive into the water and get him. <laughs> uh, get John. <laughs> but I, yeah, I wouldn't. I the craziest thing I saw on a fishing boat. I once I was on a fishing boat and our line hooked on a peloton. Pelican, not a peloton. A peloton, the bike. <laughs> yeah, our line hooked on a peloton, and we no, it was a pelican. A pelican. And wow. Then the captain, you know, did the right thing and reeled this pelican into the boat, and then had to like get the line off this like pelican while it like flapped oh, its wings. Yeah. So you can imagine, I was like leaping off the boat on the other side. Yeah, I, you were. Stephen was out. He was, was like, like, "See ya." Yeah, no I was thanks. like, "Fuck." that but yeah um but these captains well you have to reel it in because i thought like just snip it but no because then they're just flying they around with that thing on their forever. leg yeah. yeah same thing with the shark so they're trying to do that i guess but um you know fishing I've men been f- i've been fishing where apparently it's not just you're holding a rod they give you this like belt and you hook the rod like into the belt that way you don't like let go of it and you it's gone forever so like you can reel it in and you can just like hold on for dear life oh that's that's some real fishing that's some like we're going for game we are going for like we're trying to catch a tuna here yes (laughs) uh what's what's that tv show deadliest catch you ever watch that show that shit's crazy i've never watched it but i know i've seen i've seen episodes here and there they mostly are are fishing for crab but every once in a while they're like we got a big ass fish it's freaking you know <laughs> woof i i don't know i would love i think you and i should go our our next video you and i should go fishing and we'll sample beers while we're fishing and uh we'll just see we'll see what happens i mean that sounds great to me we charter a boat and like head out with a case full of <laughs> with a skipper <laughs> <laughs> yeah with a cooler full of beer and just go kick it up. That sounds awesome to me, but I don't care what we catch. That's the thing. Like, that's why I say I wouldn't fish when I was young. I, like, it was boring as a kid. But now I'm like, yeah. so you mean I can just sit in a lawn chair on a dock with beer for like three hours and no one will question it? Yeah. Great. <laughs> and if you get dinner, even even better. And, and if you don't get dinner... We're going to go to the seafood restaurant anyway. And they have this shit. Yes, <laughs> they caught it. They did it for us. I would love um, to catch a puffer fish. I've held one <laughs> in my hand before. I've never done that, but I have cooked fish that I've eaten before. Or I've caught, I've cooked fish that I've caught before. That's what I'm trying to say. That's badass. I, that's, that's some wilderness shit. I would like to say, as this episode closes out, that like I've barely had any liquid. Like probably four ounces tops compared to what we usually have on the show which is a lot more than this and i'm already buzzed so i'd just like to throw that out there and gabe and steven aren't sober anymore (laughs) sound the alarm and that's all thanks to the brewery and to getstock.com thank you for uh joining us for this episode thank you once more to Derek and barry and we'll see you guys in two weeks for another episode until then stay classy drink good beer love each other and uh we'll see you in a bit Thank you guys so much. Check out Get Stocked and Reserve Bar for all your craft beer needs.